ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are jumping out of the order of the New Testament books because Philemon is grouped with Ephesians and Colossians in their sending of Paul the Apostle by Tychicus. And then with Philippians, that becomes the fourth prison epistle. Historically, these were all written while Paul was imprisoned in Rome around AD 60 to 63. I have said before that Rome was burned in AD 64, which helps give this approximate date. This letter was written to a specific individual for a specific purpose. Philemon was a believer, probably at the church in Colossae, who had a slave run away. His name was Onesimus. By the grace of God, he fled to Rome and there met Paul and became a Christian. Paul is sending Onesimus back to Philemon with this letter, asking Philemon to forgive and reconcile with him because now he is not the same man. Now he is his brother in Christ. According to Roman law, Philemon had the right to kill him for running away. We learn that these letters were sent at the same time by clues in each of the letters. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 21 and 22, Colossians chapter 4 verses 7 and 9, and Philemon verses 10 through 12 and 23 and 24. As a reminder, Colossae is located inland of modern day Turkey about 100 miles east of the coastal city of Ephesus. The theme of this letter is to have mercy on one who has done you wrong. This is Paul's shortest letter, only one chapter, which is why it is located at the end of the Pauline epistles instead of with Ephesians and Colossians. That is why most of the time people don't say chapter one verse because there is no chapter two. Occasionally when referencing this book, I said chapter one, for those listening who were unfamiliar with the Bible. This letter keeps Paul's typical format, greetings, thanksgiving and prayer, main subject matter, conclusion, final greetings, usually naming people, and then a blessing. So let's begin. The introduction is verses one through three. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. The Unger Bible Handbook said, Paul describes himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ, not to the Roman emperor, for he viewed his imprisonment as being the direct will of God. Paul is not alone. He also mentioned Timothy, our brother. Question, why would Paul include Timothy if it was a personal letter? Maybe as a witness to this transaction. To Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your house. Philemon is the slave owner. Aphia is thought to be his wife, and the wife typically ran the household and the slaves, so the grievance was also against her. Some think Archippus was their son, and others believe him to be the pastor of the church and was included so that he would encourage Philemon to do the right thing. 
We also found Archippus' name in Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, and Paul encouraged him to fulfill his ministry. One other note is that most believe that the church met in Philemon's home and churches met in homes until about the third century. Then Paul said his Gentile and Jewish greeting, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As I have said before, the typical Greek greeting was Karen, C-H-A-R-I-N-E, and Paul tweaked it to Charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, which is the Christian word for grace. And then the Jews greeted each other with Shalom, which means peace on the inside and outside. We only have grace and peace because it comes from God our Father and because of the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Now the thanksgiving and prayer are in verses 4 through 7. I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers, because I heard of your love and faith toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that is in us for the glory of Christ. Ladies, knowledge can puff us up, but knowledge also empowers us to be effective in the Lord. And Paul prays that Philemon's knowledge will grow so that he will be even more effective. For I have great joy and encouragement from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. We discussed with Colossians that we are not sure that Paul had ever been there or not, This city is not mentioned in the book of Acts, but he did know quite a few people from there. Paul has heard that Philemon has a heart for the saints and for the Lord. Verses 8 through 19 are the main point. For this reason, although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, I appeal instead on the basis of love. I, Paul, as an elderly man, and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my child, whom I fathered while in chains, Onesimus. Since Paul was an apostle, he could have had the authority to demand that Philemon accept Onesimus and even set him free, but he does not. Instead, he lets him choose. One of the reasons I hold to the traditional view of dating in Rome is because Paul here said he is an elder. But even more than that, in his letters, he speaks of death and going to be with the Lord, which is more fitting for it to be later in Paul's ministry. Since Paul described Onesimus as his child whom he fathered, it is probably through Paul that Onesimus became a Christian. Another thing to think about, Paul did not deliver Onesimus to Philemon, nor did he send for Philemon to come and get his slave. Instead, Onesimus came back of his free will. Verses 11 through 14 read, Once he was useless to you, but now he is useful to both you and me. I am sending him a part of myself back to you. I wanted to keep him with me so that in my imprisonment for the gospel, he might serve me in your place. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that your good deed might not be out of obligation, but of your own free will. The Greek name Onesimus means useful. In other words, when Onesimus was a slave, he was not a very good slave. But now that Christ is in his life, he has become extremely helpful to Paul. 
We also see that Paul is honoring the authority of Philemon in this matter. But he also reminded him that Philemon should be serving Paul, but instead it was Onesimus who was serving him. My New American Standard Bible said, running away from your problems doesn't solve them. Ladies in Christ, he was ready to face his problems. He was a thief and a runaway slave that by Roman law could be put to death by his master. But because the Lord Jesus lives in truth, we too must live in truth and face it with his help. Paul then reminded Philemon that God is in the midst of all circumstances in verses 15 and 16. For perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a brief time, so that you might get him back permanently, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dearly loved brother. This is especially so to me, but even more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. In other words, that through this difficulty, something good came from it. Onesimus became a believer. Then verses 17 through 19. So if you consider me a partner, accept him as you would me. But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. Not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self. What cracks me up here is Paul said, not to mention, yet he mentions it. Here we get a glimpse that Onesimus may have stolen from his master as well. We also get a hint here that since Philemon owes Paul his self, then somehow Paul must have led him to the Lord Jesus too. Paul took Onesimus' debt upon himself and he becomes his security. Verses 20 through 22 are the conclusion. Yes, brother, may I have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, since I am confident of your obedience. I am writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I hope that through your prayers, I will be restored to you. Paul encouraged him to do the right thing, but then he adds a little more pressure on Philemon by saying, I want you to fix a guest room for me because I'm going to come and check in to see what you have done. Verses 23 and 24 is the final greetings. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my co-workers. Epaphras probably founded the church and now he is in prison with Paul. Colossians chapter 1 verse 7. Mark is John Mark who is Barnabas's cousin and accompanied Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. Acts 12 25. But he turned around and went home. Acts chapter 13 verse 13. Paul and Barnabas argued about taking him on their second journey which split them up into two different groups. Acts chapter 15 verses 37 and 39. But here and other places we see that John Mark became useful to Paul and his ministry. He probably wrote the gospel of Mark. 
Aristarchus was from Thessalonica in Macedonia, Acts chapter 27, verse 2. He was arrested with Paul, Acts 20, verse 4, and Colossians chapter 4, verse 10. Demas is also mentioned in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. But at the end of 2 Timothy chapter 4, 10, we learn that he deserted Paul because he loved this present world and went to Thessalonica. Luke was the beloved physician that is believed to have written both the Gospel of Luke and the history book of the New Testament, the book of Acts. He stayed with Paul on part of his third missionary journey and then on his trip to Rome, Acts 17, Colossians 4, verse 14, and 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. The letter ends with a blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Some of the earliest manuscripts include Amen. Tradition says that Philemon accepted him and released him, but we don't know for sure. Tradition also says that Onesimus became a bishop of Berea, which is in Greece, and is now modern Veria, V-E-R-I-A, in the southwestern part of what was then Macedonia, 73 kilometers west of Thessalonica. I have always found it interesting that the Bible never condemns slavery, even though it is clear that Paul does not approve of it. Paul honors the authority and the laws, plus he gave both Onesimus and Philemon a choice. Onesimus was not taken in chains to Philemon. He went there willingly. Why? To honor the Lord and to face the wrongs he had done. There is something worse than physical slavery, and that is spiritual slavery to sin. In my missions class, I read of a black man from Africa that was brought to America as a slave. He became free physically, but when he became a Christian and was freed spiritually, he chose to be sold into slavery to be sent back to his home country in order to share the good news of Jesus Christ to his people. Ladies, do you have someone that you need to get right with? Is there someone that you have wronged? With God's help, we can face the consequences. Or is there someone you need to forgive? It helps when we remember how much we have been forgiven. Just like Paul, Barnabas, and John Mark, we can get into major disagreements even among believers, but the Lord can use those situations to bring about something good. For instance, two missionary groups grew out of that disagreement. In the story of Philemon and Onesimus, Onesimus found the Lord. God, in his sovereignty, can turn even bad situations into good. If we have heard his voice today, please don't harden your heart. If he has called you to do something, then he has equipped you to do it, and the Holy Spirit will help guide your words and your actions if you let him. Ladies, let's be women who pray and obey the Lord. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.